0: Tonight we are very excited to host two old friends of the Phoenix, Eric Finale and Leslie Hampton you call That's an old.
1: Well, you know, semi-old.
0: Eric has been. Pro- no, I'll, I'll tell you who. Eric has been promoting indie <laughs> concerts since 1996 throughout Northern California, including many in this very building. And Leslie is the founder of Side With Us Records and released albums from Velveteen, Wonder Years, Not to Reason Why, and many more. My co-host Tom Gaffey has managed a live music venue for over 30 years, and I've been promoting shows for the last eight or so, so there's a lot of overlap here tonight. Yes, absolutely. Side with us is your record label, and on that website, you have a quote which sort of summarizes your philosophy, which I think really rings true to this (laughs) table here tonight, which is, uh, making money is always nice, but our main goal is releasing great music and getting our bands heard. Do you make a lot of money running an indie (laughs) label? (laughs)
2: Um I am a not-for-profit label, so the point is not for me to make money. It's for me to hopefully get paid back. That's always nice, Um, but it's definitely for the artists to make the money.
0: And I already know the answer to this.
3: Uh, Have you been able to make a living promoting
0: shows, Eric?
3: Uh, No, (laughs) but I've done it as a... Uh, a hobby, I guess you should call it. I guess I need to call it a hobby so I don't sound like a crazy person for no, continuing you are it on for eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, d- I do social media and PR for a real job, but quite often that doesn't take as much time as putting on these the shows that you and I love.
1: Eric, yep. were you also teaching at one time? I taught
3: for a couple of years yeah. too, and down in Mountain View, that was an uh, interesting experience too. Mr. Finale. So you
0: were a teacher, you do social media and PR. Right.
3: You worked at Gap for a while, right?
2: Um, yes, and I was a web
0: designer for Old Navy. You were a taxi cab driver, Tom. Yes, Gaffey. I, was. I remember that. All have to do other things yeah. to do these things the that we game. like to do. Yeah. So I think a good place to start is existential crises. Uh, <laughs> when was the last time everybody here had an existential crisis? <laughs> <laughs> and I ask first. Let me de- let me define existential crisis. Okay. That would be it's a moment at which an individual guy. questions the very foundation of their life, whether their life has any meaning, purpose, or value. And I, it sounds like a joke, and it kind of is that I would bring that up. But I do think that those sort of like crises of existence are what push people into things like this, and also push people out of things like this.
1: Uh, weirdly <laughs> enough, I, I think I had a catharsis that that has just been hitting the last couple of weeks, uh, and today That's great. we, were, we were, and it came from probably an existential crisis. <laughs> I was talking with a woman who wants to come and do a uh, musical play in here, and we were going over expenses, and, and the one thing I wanted her to, to set her mind at ease is, don't worry about making money, because actually, quite frankly, I think I'm in the business of losing money. And uh, boy, finally, now that I can come out and just say it, yes, I'm in the business of losing money. <laughs> it feels like it there's feels so much more It feels good not to be hiding in the closet yeah, anymore. doesn't <laughs> it, really it. does. Yeah. It's the it's, first step. Uh, It is the first step. (laughs) It gets better. And apparently around this table, I think I am in in good company now that I think about it. I feel like I
0: I weave in and out of those sort of crises. I think I weave between being like very, very fulfilled by these sort of endeavors and then being very, very not fulfilled. And those can come in conjunction with great success and great failure. Yes. Great success because the come down afterwards can be kind of tough. Like what's going to be the next thing oh, yeah. and great failure. Cause it's like, why would any sane person put themselves oh, yeah. through this, uh, this money loss and nonsense?
3: I've had several uh, situations. I started when I was 16, so I really didn't have some sort of like crises at the time, I was just like I had to find something cool to do and I had this crazy energy to keep me away from like breaking mailboxes and stuff. So eventually I you know, I wrote a screenplay about you know just me growing up and eventually I made a show because I had to film a scene from that show, and that was with Monkey, who are still around. They just celebrated oh, yes. their 19th anniversary <laughs> on Friday night. What a band. And they're still playing. Anyways, they played my first ever show, and I forgot about the movie I was making at the show because I was so into the show, <laughs> and uh, and that's that's how I got started in this whole business, uh, or hobby, I should say. Uh, but I've definitely had ups and downs with the, the venues closing and... Uh, you know, I've been working for different cities and having like running teen centers with, with cities and the city's just like, oh, no, we're not interested in doing this anymore and like doors being shut in my face. So I, I've come and gone with it and I've definitely gone to, to bits with like a little bit of depression where it's like, man, no one wants to go to the shows. No one cares about the shows. i got to stop doing the shows.
2: And actually, this is a, part of a reason which kind of kept me in California. Um, I started my label at my, and my grandmother's garage, which was kind of a, a playbook take from uh, Mike Park of Asian Man Records. But... Part of staying kind of that drew me back in here um, was actually the music of Sonoma County and um, San Jose. Great so.
1: players. And San Jose has also got some great bands yeah. that have come out of that area. Mm-hmm.
0: It is funny, too, because life gets in the way of these things. Um, and then, you know, you then you throw in like the ugly thing of relationships yeah. where it's like, oh, uh, relationships compete with the time that these uh, these endeavors take. And then and it becomes a battle. And I'm sure you guys have experienced that. I know you have, Tom yeah. Gaffey. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At a certain point, you just say, all right, I'm choosing this.
1: Yeah. It's just let's do this and not that. Right.
0: Yeah. So it's tough. You know, there's a constant push and pull. We all see a lot of young musicians and promoters and record labels come and go. And that's what's kind of rare at this table tonight is you have people who've been doing it for a long time. And I don't know, you started because you just needed something to do why do you keep doing it
3: I still find joy in it you know I yeah, still absolutely. find new bands and every year Leslie will tell you too we find new bands on our own or from
1: friends and uh and that's an incredible high to watch these yeah. bands come up and, and play and yeah absolutely that's part of it
0: has your guys's goal always been to develop bands or has it sort of shifted as you've gone on
2: I feel like it's it's definitely progressed I mean because originally I was just kind of like oh I'm helping Eric out and you know I loved going to his shows um you know when I was in high school and actually this is this is a good point. I actually almost, I talked to Eric about actually calling my label Grand Finale Presents. Instead oh. of Grand Finale Presents, it was going to be Grand Finale <laughs> Records. And he was like, ah, I don't know, like I'm already doing too much, you know. And then that kind of all went from helping people book shows to putting out music and also being a musician myself. Yeah.
0: Well, that's pretty profound that you were going to name your label after him. Yep. <laughs> he's that, I he's mean, shaking that, his that's head. That's actually an element that I had no it's idea. So you guys have energized each other back and forth, back and forth well, that's throughout the years.
3: really a good way to put it.
0: So when you were feeling less energized, Eric, what was the cause of that? And how did you feel like in your personal life when you're feeling less energized?
3: Uh, There's a lack of venues. And uh, if I don't have a venue to do a show, I can't do many shows. And then there are people that were like not really into the scene at the time. So there weren't a lot of bands at that time. I'm talking about San Jose. Yeah. And uh, then Leslie came around and we started out really small and we just did a few shows. And then eventually... Uh, there'd be, like, a couple slots left on the show that weren't booked. I'm like, Leslie, just go ahead and book some people. And then that's how she kind of got started booking. But
0: in reference to uh, running a label, uh, Josh Staples, who we all know very well, is in yeah, a Josh. band, The New Trust, with his wife, Sarah Sanger. Yes. And when they were much younger, they founded a record label themselves. And the way he puts it is it is an ex- a tremendously expensive project that probably won't make any money, but it's a great art project.
1: Oh, it was a great art project. <laughs> <laughs> they had a great label.
0: What do you think about that, Leslie? You agree with that sentiment?
2: Well, I will quote my parents on this. Um, That's what we want. Don't don't ever lend money that you can't afford to lose. And I've kind of also been on that track, too, with my label. The problem with that
1: uh, philosophy is a lot of time you you don't consider it lending.
2: How do you, Tom, this is interesting to me, like really is, even
0: if we didn't have the mics, I would still ask. How do you compare the relationship you have with your actual family with the relationship you have with your adopted family at the Phoenix?
1: Um... Well that that's a that's a deeper question. You know, my my uh, my mom passed uh over 10 years now ago and and uh, she and I had a great relationship. Uh my dad and my brother have been living in Oregon for years and years and I need to put more time into that relationship to keep what's left of our family uh in my mind. I really do need to spend more time working at it. Down here it's an everyday process. But
0: also you have these, maybe people who are out there listening don't know, this building for them, these kids, these generations, this is kind of their adopted family because they have issues at home or whatever.
1: We we have a a number of those, yes, and those become usually ultimately great friends. I bring it it up
0: because my experience is like through these artistic endeavors and these projects and stuff, it's a self-chosen family, and oftentimes I identify and I'm on the same page a lot more with these people than I am with the people I'm actually related to, and that's a reason why I keep doing the things that I do, yeah. because I just I feel more right doing this stuff with these people.
2: Yeah, my mom doesn't get music at all.
0: Okay, and I bet your mom really, not only does she not get music, she doesn't get putting a lot of energy and money into music also.
2: Uh, definitely not. I mean, my dad was a musician. He was in a, a keyboardist in a band when he was 14 or something. But my mom, yeah, definitely is not as connected to music.
0: It's an experience that not a lot of people can identify with. And like I said about the relationship thing, is it, it, it's definitely a trade-off. It's like you only have a finite amount of free time. And so you, you have to make choices. I notice n- I don't think anybody at this table has children, right?
2: Oh no, no. definitely no. <laughs> no.
0: You have choices in life, and most people just sort of go the one way. And uh, you know. yeah, But that, it's, it, it's, this is a hard project, and I'm gesturing around the building, yeah, really to hard explain hard. to somebody. Yeah. It's hard to well, make somebody understand, and let alone that person, but also their, like, their family. And it's like, well, why, why does he spend so much time doing that? Well, and your line is always, you'll have to come down and experience it yourself.
1: Yeah, you just got to you know, come and seek.:
0: And I guess the reason I'm get, going back to you is, is like, you are now 30 years on. Yes. Doing
1: this. 32. Well, 31, 32 Jeez. in August, I think.
0: And so you now have this, you know, encyclopedia of experiences. Yes. Do you ever think, boy, if I just would have had a, a kid or settled down? Oh,
1: I would never have been able to pull this off.
0: I know that. Yeah. But knowing that, knowing you wouldn't have been able to pull it off. Yeah. Is it like, okay, that was that was the right decision? To oh, yeah. Made. For
1: me? Oh, God. yes, absolutely. Because then it gets to the point, quite frankly, when I go home, There's nothing I like more than being alone. I would not be, I know I wasn't a good partner, you know, and that's part of it too.
2: I find that's an annoying expectation, people thinking that you need to have children, especially as a woman. I'm just like,
1: well, yeah, for you it'd be tougher. Why?
2: Why do you need to have a child?
1: Well, for me, absolutely. It was, it was not my, it's not something I could pull off. And again, I don't think I'd be a good parent. Quite frankly, I'm great. Which is crazy because people look yeah, at Phoenix's you as such kids. like a father figure yeah. and yeah. all that. Yeah, but you know, it, my dad was a great scoutmaster, and all the kids loved my dad. But he called me Gaffy, <laughs> and, and I. Now that I'm the age I am, I know where he was coming from, and I know how tough that was on me. But that might have been the same thing I would have been guilty of. Quite frankly, it's I'm just, yeah, I'm I'm not one for having family. I'm not a family guy, and uh, I'm quite comfortable with that, quite frankly. When did you realize that? Oh, and did you struggle? No. Did you
0: struggle trying to be a square fitting into a circle no, peg? You never I, struggled with that. Oh, because uh, I have. I, I, defi- I definitely have. Like yeah. I, I have struggled with like this is the way I want my life to go, and this is, feels right. Oh. but there's these expectations and these yes. people who are coming on this journey with me who expect <laughs> me to be another way. One
1: of my favorite lines used to be when I'd be in the middle of some really weird scene with somebody, and there'd be a quiet moment. I'd look over and go, "You're not Carol." What? You know, when I was a kid, I always assumed I'd be married to somebody named Carol. I'd have two, you know, children in the house. And, uh, you know, you just you're in the middle of this totally improbable situation. All you can think is. Well, you're not Carol. <laughs> you're definitely. This is not the way it was supposed to be. Thank God. Yeah. Because
0: uh, yeah, I couldn't have done that. I think people look at a music promoter, uh, a label owner, whatever, as a, oh, that's just like a fun thing that they do, and how fun that is, and that's so great, and how fun. Uh, not only are there financial uh, realities to deal with, also there are emotional
1: and personal choices that have to be made. Yeah. So
0: absolutely. And that
1: to me. But you know what? But I think those personal choices are personal choices that are. Uh, that relate to the individual himself and not necessarily to the experience we're having. It maybe allows us to have these experiences, but quite frankly, uh, I realize, and I think I realize younger, younger than older, that I really am not in the mood to get married, and I'm not a marrying type. And I think that is, you know, I think that's a very valid place to be.
0: Have you had relationships suffer because of all of this energy you put into these endeavors?
3: Uh, well, uh, I've been wise not to start them. I think that's the truth. I know not to get myself into something like that if I can't hold up my end of the bargain. Uh, I think that's the way I've well put. I've put this uh I I think I've realized it at a young age where it's like I can't I can't, you know, do too many things at once. I can only do this many things at once. So uh I I I'm aware of how much time it takes. Um and most of the people that I've I've met uh, have been at shows and are they enjoy that sort of lifestyle. So uh that's that's probably a good way to cut it there yeah yeah
0: i think that's a really great statement but it also does take time to realize that you know what i mean i'm sure that you
3: were not born with that information oh gosh i was (laughs) i think i think i'm uh, yeah i I was not how many people did you make suffer before (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, i can count on how many hands um it's definitely one of those things i I became aware of at a certain point and i definitely had to take a step back
1: i'm not like everyone else (laughs) why doesn't anyone understand (laughs) Anyway. Well, no, but the other thing is, let's face it, we've been hanging out with people for so long that are not like everyone else. <laughs> Most people understand. I very seldom get the question, why aren't you married? Are you kidding? After you get to know me for a while, they yeah. probably realize, are you nuts? <laughs> no, but see, you know, but
0: here's here's the difference, though, is yes, we, we all have hung out with people who maybe are like-minded or we feel that we identify with, but a lot of the time, those people find things that are fulfilling to them or they decide okay well i'm gonna not do this anymore i'm gonna go do that so people change yeah oh yes it's it's the rarity i mean to do anything nowadays for 31 years is the rarity
1: right (laughs) i was not expecting it i was gonna do this for one year and and leave
0: if you could tell 18 year old you or 16 year old you that you would be doing this for 20 years starting next year eric finale that would have blown your mind i'm sure
3: yeah i i I don't know i like to i'm pretty stubborn <laughs> just, uh, so I don't I, pr- I probably yes. would still have I've kind of had an idea yeah, I don't Absolutely. know about doing it this many years but I definitely know that once I find something I like I'm going to stick with it
0: some would say and they would they have have said this to me and maybe to you Tom that you know it's not really that healthy to just forego human relationships because you really like doing this thing and that thing what happens when there are no more concerts put on what happens what happens what happens however there is the other side of the coin, which is the highs of these experiences and these yeah, things and, that and you've
1: and done. And, and quite frankly, what we're doing is is a human relationship. Like I say, when I get home and I finally get time to be alone, oh, my God. Is Are you the same way? I'm the same way. Yeah, I, go, oh. I don't go
3: out and party after the shows. No. I go home and go play video games yeah, or something I like mean, that. You know?
1: We are so surrounded in the human uh, relationship that, yeah, I, I really need to get away from it. And I think when I finally wind down at the end— uh, I don't think I'm going to, you know, I don't think I'm going to have problems with with some solitude.
0: Yeah. Well, exactly. There are highs associated with this, like really great moments where you feel like, oh, I'm so thankful that despite it all, I, I stuck with this and I was able to have this experience. Eric, let's start with you. Can you think of anything in your 20 years now, 20 years of doing this, that just is like, wow, I'm so happy that I was able to be a part of that.
3: Uh, I always put the artists first and also the uh, people participating so people paying and coming to the events so whenever both parties are pleased, that is when I have my moment where I'm like you know that was it. That's how we do it, and that's and that's the best part.
0: Can you think of specifics though? Like Tom always <laughs> thinks about conspiracy. All the nine hundred strong knew the words, and of course they're stomping and singing and dancing, and the room is moving, floor is
1: bouncing. Yeah,
3: I just remember the first time it happened was uh, at the Los Gatos Outdoors. We had Wesley Willis perform. Wesley and Willis. He was late, and his bus showed up. His tour bus rolled in late, and everyone was in line, and it was a, a shock to see this giant bus pull up, and then. Wesley Willis, get out. Get out. And uh, he's just a, if you guys, don't, those listening, Wesley Willis, weird guy, but he We've was an amazing him. artist, right? And uh, he was either really appreciated or not appreciated at all. You know, people would either be all yeah. about him or what? Yeah. to see the crowd go crazy and to talk back to him and have him react and talk back to them. Someone and
1: stole his chocolate milk here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> mess with that t- chocolate. <laughs> soy milk. And what, was, and what happened? Yeah. And what happened? We stopped the show. We had to get yeah. the soy. We had, and not just any. It had to be that chocolate milk. Oh, yeah. And we got it back. He was very picky, you know, very very yeah. particular,
3: I should say. But that, that was one of the first shows where I had done a show and people came up to me after. They're like, oh, my God, kind of thing. And while it was happening, I was like, we have... Wesley Willis here he's a legend that was kind of the first time that happened and of course I've I've done shows with other people since that maybe even at the time they weren't a big band but to me they meant a lot and then when the crowd realized how awesome they were uh, that kind of made a difference to, to me
0: is it less exciting for you to put on shows 20 years in
3: um, I really enjoy that rare one one show a month that it's like oh we have that new band that you know we were talking about earlier like everyone's got to see this band uh, so I, I still get excited and I still find the joy in it but every show isn't that same feeling of course uh, and I definitely um, have tried to hold back and just do certain shows that make sense
1: or shows that I really like um, we've all had that morning afterward that's what we've decided I, you know what. <laughs> If I don't got something worth doing, I'm not going to do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, it's, but I definitely, uh, I definitely have felt a little bit like, uh, that I've done this show seven times. What's the point of doing the eighth time? But again, I do think about, you know, the people that want to go see them seven or eight times. So, yeah, absolutely. Do you
0: feel like it's a bit of a, like a community service? And I don't mean that you're doing everybody a favor, but just like it's valuable for stuff like this to happen. And you're happy to be a part of that.
1: Well, being a part of Rome, you know, I look back at, uh. I used to love reading history, and I still do. And uh, part of that love was looking back and wondering what it was like being at that moment in history. And many times I find myself thinking, well, we are living in Rome, mm-hmm. and at this time, it, it, Rome of its day. And uh, being in the Bay Area puts us in one of the hot spots. It uh, puts us maybe right in Pompeii or one of those towns that was an, an, an entertainment mecca or a place to go. And um, that's one of the more important parts of what we learned about Rome was the, was their culture, uh, what they did for entertainment, uh, the buildings they built, their art and all of that. So, yeah, we, I think we're taking uh, we're, we're we're being a very active part of our culture in this day. And I think that's a, a community service to some degree, although there are, you know, there are people who will look at what we do here and absolutely disagree. But, no, I think being... But we don't care what the normies say. No, I don't think anybody at this table does. In fact, sometimes I really like it when people tell me that they hate what we do. (laughs) You know, you just have to... Well, I don't know if you guys have gotten that. You probably haven't gotten that. Here in the middle of downtown Petaluma, every once in a while, we'll have somebody that's quite angry or does not understand. The punk days in the 90s, uh, we used to hear from our neighbors that we're not happy about it. And, And I had probably an ego that was out of line that would sometimes like to hear that. And that was probably not good.
0: But your ego, I think, may have been what got you through uh, money constraints, societal pressure, uh, relationship deals. I I think everybody at
1: the table, I think, ego's got a lot to do with that. Without some sort of like a magic
0: (laughs) magic rocket fuel (laughs) to kind of push you forward. And I think you've chilled out a lot.
1: I've definitely chilled out.
0: Are you happier with that? Or do you, uh, do you miss, like, being am I happy with that? Hung, you know, hungrier I'm happy. and angstier?
1: Oh, you know, I, so what, I'm going to be hitting 60 next, at the end of this year. What? Yes. That blows me away. Right, correct. I'm shocked by that. And I just, you know, I realized, wow, maybe I am getting older finally. And uh, I don't have uh, my energy. I use it differently than I did. I don't have the energy I used to have. Do I miss it? If I had to live through a show that we did in the 90s, I probably couldn't do it without an entirely different style of running the place. Yeah. It would require a a, a totally different. uh, So I don't quite have the energy I had, but I don't think I miss it necessarily. So we open it
0: it up to the panel. I mean, are there bigger things that you want to do than what you've accomplished so far? Or are you at a place where it's like, I just want to keep kind of doing what I'm doing and I'm happy with that?
3: Uh, I, long ago, I learned my own limitations uh, from w- doing it myself and uh, not having to hire other people. And I understood uh, that I could be an um, important stepping stone for bands. So I had an opportunity to go work for Bill Graham Presents back in the day, and I turned that down uh, because that's not what I was looking to do. Uh, maybe I should have taken it and maybe made some more connections, but I, I'm very very comfortable being a uh, mid-level or lower promoter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if I can help a band get to draw two or 300 people and then watch them set sail for greater things, that I can't be more proud. And yeah. uh, and at a certain point, I just said, you know what, I can't do it myself and help bands, you know, do, I can't do two or 3,000-person shows and can't do giant arena rock things, and I'm not made for that. Uh, and so I, I just... Learned my own limitations, and uh, was quite comfortable helping people, and I, I liked being that kind of person that everyone uh, asked for help, like Leslie, yeah. where they're like, "Hey, you know, we're ready to move on to this. How can you help us?" I'm like, "Yeah, talk to these people." And yes, that's 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 a long. It took a, it was hard at first because I thought you know the idea of being doing this is going to be a big deal and having some big. Big, like, uh, San Jose uh, arena show or something, giant one. But uh, once I became comfortable with, like, 100-person, 200-person, 300-person rooms, no problem. I just kept doing it that way. Was it a big decision to turn down Bill Graham? Um, Other people thought so. Uh, I did not really.
0: Again, back to decisions, you know. That is a decision that would have dramatically changed things.
3: Well, some of my friends did take that path and they, now they're they're helping us still. They've they've took the path where they were like the grunt in the bigger corporation and now they're someone that is uh that we help each other. You know, we're like and it's great because I don't have to be that person in that position and they worked hard for that position to earn it and now we we still help each other. Someone needs to do what I'm doing, you know, like in the in oh, the, yeah. the the, you know, on someone's path that's to being get started. Yeah, someone needs to do it, and uh, I'm glad that other people have started doing it too, so I don't have to be the only one.
0: What, what draws <laughs> you to this is more personal than professional, though.
3: Right, and so uh, when you guys were talking about shows that you lost your shirt on and stuff, I can definitely relate to those. But yeah. the idea of this doing shows was brought about by like a community and a scene. That's what I wanted to yeah. be part of, and and wanted to help cultivate if I could. Yeah, you know, if I had something positive to give to it, I I would try. Uh, well, you did a good
1: job of it, thanks. But yeah. uh,
3: with the the shows that you guys are talking about, not that it's not about the senior community, you're talking uh, about doing like Snoop Dogg and stuff. That's more yeah. of a, of a bigger show. Yeah. There's a separation between people that run like. Club business, you know, as a business, and then people that just do like this DIY community uh, type effort.
0: We had Michael Houghton who used to do yeah. Section M. I know Michael. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Michael Houghton talks about it much in the same way that you guys do. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You're trying to create things, and by putting these different bands together, you can sort of make yeah. everybody uh, better. And it's it's a strange calculus. Yeah, weaving the show. Yeah. And it is a formula, but it's also kind of a bit of an art because you just don't know.
3: I definitely do feel that way. Personally, like everyone has their, you know, they use notes and melodies and things like that. Musicians do. And Leslie is a great artist, actually, and photographer. If you didn't know, she does her own stuff too. Uh, And for me, I don't have any other artistic talents, so it is Uh putting the right bands together at the right time and the right date and the right order uh, and the right venue. Yeah, keep it all going. Thank you for that. Well,
0: (laughs) again, like I said, if, if this is not what you do and like this is not your legacy, like what is it? And that's why I think it's really cool that you still do it yeah and that's, why it's, that's why that's why it's valuable to have you here because you're a living example of somebody that's doing it you are a yes. part of a very 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 small group of people in the world that do this
1: oh yeah and a thousand years from now a hundred years from now people will look back and think about some of the great bands we've actually got to work with and they'll wonder about people like us you know who put these things together what it was like in those days how did that work and uh, we're we're in the middle of it we're in the thick of it <clears throat> and that's really exciting to me Rome. Rome, we are correct. We are in. We <laughs> are part of the modern Roman culture. Yeah. People like you are so important in this gig.
2: Well, that's very kind of you to say. Yeah. Um, it's true. I mean, if I get a raise at work, it's like, ooh, I get to put out more records. That's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's like... That's good.
0: And yeah. I, I hope to God that people like you continue, yeah, continue to continue populate this. this world yeah. because without it, there's a lot less fun and enrichment and yes. wonder. We really appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, tonight. that's the truth. Um, yeah. I think there's right. a lot there's of so value much. in all of these endeavors, be it promoting shows or putting out releases or having a building yeah. uh, for people to show their art and congregate and just experience whatever it is they want to experience. Keeping Rome alive, and I hope that we can all continue doing this for a long time because yeah, it's absolutely pretty cool. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Thanks.